You do it. No, you do it. What's the matter? Chicken? Am not. Then do it. Cass looked up at the house. The windows were dark. They were always dark. She couldn't remember the lights ever being on. This is stupid, she said, turning back to her friend. Nobody even lives here. Why are we doing this? If no one lives there, then it should be easy, said Rich. He held up a roll of toilet paper to her. You just throw it over the roof. Get some in that tree in the front yard, too. What about you? Cass asked. I'm the lookout, dummy. Just go. Unless you're chicken. This time when he said it, he stuck out his tongue. Cass was determined to prove him wrong. She scowled and snatched the roll out of his hand. I'll show you, chicken. She crept towards the house. It was October and clouds filled the night sky, blocking out any light the moon would cast. There were no street lamps either, not here, and the lone house sat dark and decrepit as an abandoned mine. She stopped at the gate. It was wrought iron and about waist high. Beyond that, it was just a few more yards to the house. She turned back to Rich. She could hardly make him out in the gloom, but he nodded and waved his hand to usher her forward. She turned and opened the gate. She froze as soon as she pushed it forward, for the hinges let out a horrifying squeak. She looked back and Rich was looking up and down the street. There are no headlights or any other sign of life. Even in the still night air, the rusty hinges had not alerted anyone to their presence. She pushed on the gate again, closing her eyes against the grating sound that threatened to deafen her. She opened it just enough to slip through. Once she was on the other side, she left it open so she could make a quick getaway if needed. The concrete path that led to the front porch was cracked and dotted with weeds. The grass on either side of it was overgrown and poked at the hem of her jeans like tiny little spears defending their castle. She kept her eyes on the front door the whole time. The windows were dark and there was no porch light. It's fine, she told herself. Nobody lives here. No one will catch us. I can just teepee the place and go. The front door remained closed, and far as she could tell, the only sound was her own breathing. There really wasn't anything to be afraid of. She left the path and went to the corner of the house. She looked up. It was two stories. She would have to give the roll a good toss to get it all the way over. She unwound a little bit of it so the toilet paper would unravel as it flew through the air. Then she tossed. It was a good toss. The paper on the end trailed behind like the tail of a comet. She heard a soft thud as the roll hit the roof on the other side, then another as it bounced off the roof and onto the ground. She hurried around the house, at least as fast as she dared. She didn't want to run, even though she was 99.9% .9 sure the house was empty at this point. She didn't want to chance it. Instead, she did an awkward, crouched power walk to get to the other side. She had guessed the sounds right. The paper had bounced off the roof and onto the grouse below. That was good. If it got stuck in the gutter, she wasn't sure what she would do. She picked up the roll and walked to the other corner so that when she tossed it again, it would make an X across the roof. She pulled her arm back and threw. Only one thud this time, but that was understandable. This was the high end of the house. Once it was over the roof, it probably just fell the rest of the way to the ground. She sneak power walked to the front of the house again and looked at the ground where the roll ought to have been. It wasn't there. Crap. She looked up. It was stuck on the little bit of roof that extended out over the porch. She looked back at Rich. He wouldn't let her hear the end of it if she didn't finish what she started. She crept up to the front porch. There was a set of three rickety, rotten stairs that led up to a wooden deck that was equally disheveled. The railing around the porch was white, once upon a time. Now the paint was cracked and yellowed. She wondered if it would support her weight. She took the stairs slowly. At least they didn't collapse as soon as she put weight on them. 
They did creak and moan like crazy, though, making Cass wince each time she took a step. She reached the top of the stairs and tested the railing by shaking it back and forth. It seemed sturdy enough. She climbed on top of it, slowly for how much it rocked back and forth. Once she was there, she looked up at the roof above her. Will that gutter hold? she wondered. Maybe she should just jump up and grab the roll of toilet paper. She could bring it back down with her instead of trying to hang onto the gutter that would probably collapse as soon as she touched it. She planted her feet best she could on the narrow railing. She removed one hand and then the other so she was standing in a crouched position. She was about to jump. Then the light came on. Rich was watching from the street. He saw a shape that must have been cast fall off the railing. In this darkness, the light was as bright as the moon, and all he could see were silhouettes. Then he realized the door was open. There was someone standing there. Or was that Cass? He couldn't tell. Then the light went out. Rich dropped the roll of toilet paper he was holding and ran down the street, screaming as loud as he could for help. Hall of Mirrors, Episode 8, Ghosts Busted. That should do it, said Strider, stepping back from the device. What'd you do? Arwen asked. Strider obviously had a plan, but in his haste he neglected to let her in on it. They had left the land of the Fae and returned to the backwards world where the light was dark. There, Strider had taken the cage they found in the cave and then popped over to Eden to grab some equipment. Now they were back in the hall, and Arwen was looking at a Frankenstein contraption of wires. This tech, said Strider, slapping the console he had taken from Eden, is supposed to be able to track people through the multiverse, but the range is terrible. So, I decided to plug it into the hall since this range is infinite. Plug it in? Arwen asked. How? I don't actually know, said Strider. He held up a wire that seemed to be cut off at the end, but when he pulled on it, it went taut, as if one end was caught on something invisible. She helped, he said. She? The hall. When did it become a she? He shrugged as he went around to the back to double-check the wires. These were connected to the cage that was covered in fairy runes. She just seems like a she, doesn't she? Arwen looked around at the endless expanse of stars. I mean, I guess. All right, said Strider, satisfied after his third look over. Let's fire it up. He turned on the monitor and started typing a few inputs, finishing with a flourish. Here we go. Arwen looked over his shoulder. The screen had the words scanning written across it, and images were flashing by too fast for Arwen to tell what they were. Why don't you just use the hall to find him, she asked. Isn't that what I'm doing? Strider asked. No, I mean drive like normal, said Arwen. Can't the hall take you where you want to go? Well, I don't have anything specific to go on, said Strider. I mean, I can think of finding whoever was in this cage, but that'd be hard to do without thinking about the cage, or the world the cage was in, or the ones who built the cage. It's a little too touchy-feely. This is science. How exactly is it science? Well, the device looks for similarities, right? This cage obviously still has traces of whoever was inside it. Obviously, said Arwen. So, Strider went on, ignoring her. It was just a matter of eliminating the worlds the scanner would pick up right away, i.e. Fairyland and the Dark World, and then letting the scanning do the work. The infinity of the hall should boost its range. They were both quiet for a minute while they watched the screen. There was a progress bar. It was not filling fast. So, said Arwen, what do you plan to do when you find him? Well, stop him for one, then ask him what his problem is with me. Isn't it the hall? she asked. Strider turned to her. What do you mean? Isn't he killing you to get the hall? 
I believe that's part of it, though it doesn't make sense for him to be killing copies of me. They're not the Watcher. I am. Unless he's trying to draw you out. True, said Strider. But even then, wouldn't he wait at the scene of the crime? If I was his target? What are you thinking, then? I have my suspicions. Don't you always, said Arwen. Care to share with the class? Strider smirked. Yes, I suppose I ought to start letting you in on some of my ideas. Yes, I suppose you ought, said Arwen. This person, said Strider, whoever they are, if they are who we believe them to be, has some tie to the fairies, and by extent a tie to the hall. And you can't just ask the fairies? Riddles and poems, remember? They won't tell me a damn thing. However, if this person does in fact know something about the hall, they could very well be undermining my watchership as we speak. How do you mean? Arwen didn't like the sound of that. There's something about how we are connected to our others. The people we met in Eden, your copies. They looked like you, but not all the ones on ice did. If you look at any of these, he gestured to the reflected orbs floating around him, you won't always be reflected the same way. Right, said Arwen. She knew all of this. So, Strider went on, what makes them you? It's not DNA, for that's different across the universes. It's not your name, as we've seen you've been called a myriad of things. There's something that binds us, though, something that makes us the same as the others. And if that's true, then I'm connected to my other selves. And if they're dying off, I don't know what that can do to me. That person out there, my killer, he could already be winning this fight, and I don't even know it because those damn fairies won't tell me how any of this works. Then we have to find him, said Arwen. Right. Except he could be anywhere. Quite literally. Look. He gestured to the screen and Arwen took a look. The progress bar had made, well, no progress. Zero percent, she said. Strider gestured to the hall. Infinity, he said. This could take a while. Well then, said Arwen, grabbing his arm and pulling him away from the console. How about something to take your mind off of it? I, but what if, Strider protested. A watched pot never boils, said Arwen. Besides, do you really want to just wait? That's not really your style. It's really not, Strider muttered. So let's do something else to kill the time. Strider looked at her. What did you have in mind, detective? Well, for starters, I'd like to go home, she said. Strider raised an eyebrow. Just for a bit. No offense, but not all of these clothes are the best, she said, tugging at her shirt. Strider nodded. The hall has its own fashion sense. It took me years to find these suits. Right, Arwen said. Also, I never did get my gun back from the future. Do you feel that's necessary? Well, let's see. So far, we've been drugged, kidnapped, chased down by flying cars, and almost eaten by an invisible monster. Not almost, Strider protested. Arwen just gave him a look. Okay, almost. I see your point. Just for safety, she said. Besides, I'm trained. Right you are, detective. So, back to your place, then? He pulled his cane out of the air and was about to stick it into the ground, then held it out to her. You want to drive? Arwen smiled. I would, thank you. The first thing Arwen noticed as soon as she arrived in her house was the mess. I assumed you lived alone, detective, but I never thought... Strider trailed off as he looked around the room. Oh, no, said Arwen. I'm an idiot. She went down the hall into the bedroom. What is it? Strider asked. I... well, I should have seen this coming, said Arwen. I work with a bunch of cops, and I just left without telling anybody. Right. That is weird. Why would you do that? Strider asked. Arwen scowled. My world was turned upside down, okay? Besides, there wasn't really anyone to tell. 
Both my parents are gone, and Dan got turned into a shape-shifting light thing. A wisp. Yeah, I know what they're called. People at work must have gotten suspicious when I stopped showing up, so they came here to search for clues. You would keep clues in your dresser, said Strider, holding up a shirt that had been tossed to the floor. Arwen snatched it from him. They didn't have much to go on now, did they? She looked around. This is a mess. Just clothes, said Strider. No, this, said Arwen, gesturing to the air. All of this. What do I tell them? Why do you have to tell them anything? I can't just disappear. Isn't that what you did? Yeah, but the case will just go unsolved, and... Arwen trailed off, shuddering at the stress of such a thought. We should go to the station. Oh, great idea, said Strider. Hi, everyone. I'm back. Sorry I spooked you, but I was just traipsing about the multiverse. Everything is okay. Bye now. Arwen nodded. I see your point. Let's just pack up your things and go. But Arwen started. She wasn't really sure what point she was trying to make. Shouldn't I tell someone? What for? asked Strider. He started rummaging through the closet. You've got a suitcase around here somewhere, right? It just doesn't seem right, said Arwen. People disappear all the time. People move on. The world keeps on turning. Thanks for that. Oh, come on. Strider stopped his searching to look at her. I'd miss you if you were gone. Arwen crossed her arms. I would want to know, she said. I'm going. She made for the door. Whoa, hold on, said Strider, stepping in front of her. You're absolutely sure about this. I am. I would want to know. It only seems fair that they know. Right, but how much do they get to know? I mean, not that them knowing about the hall is going to help them find it. He trailed off when Arwen smirked. What? No, nothing, she said. I just thought you liked showing off. She pushed past him into the front hall. Only sometimes, said Strider, chasing after her, and only to the people I choose. Besides, you have to take into account the fact that they won't believe you. Relax, said Arwen. I'm not going to tell anyone about the hall. Trust me, that's the last thing I want. I'll say I went on vacation or something. Vacation? Sure, said Arwen. My partner was shot. I was stressed. I had to leave. You're going to get fired, Strider said. You're fired. Sir? Arwen was standing in the police chief's office. Her return had gone about as expected. Many heads were turned and many gasps were sounded. She warded off as many questions as she could and went straight to the chief's office to tell him where she'd been. Are you surprised? he asked. Listen, no one here works harder than you, but just to up and leave without telling anyone. We searched your house. I noticed, Arwen said under her breath. And your car. They found it at the coroner's office? You just left it there? A friend picked me up, said Arwen. It wasn't even a good lie, but something Strider had said came back to her in this moment. People are willing to believe anything if they can ignore the impossible. Well, they can pick you up again, said the chief. Your stuff's already been cleaned out. After two weeks of no-show and no-call, we assumed the worst. Two weeks, Armin said. Time flies when you're having fun, said the chief. He picked up a newspaper that was on his desk, signaling that the conversation was over. But as Arwen started to open the door, he said one last thing. I'm glad you're okay, detective. Thanks, chief. With that, she left his office. Strider is waiting for her just outside, sitting on the edge of a nearby desk talking with some officers. Gee, I don't know, said one of them. We got one right now about a missing girl. Some kid came running in talking about ghosts. He stopped when he said Arwen. Hey, detective, he said. What's the hardest case you reckon we've had to crack? Your friend here was asking. Arwen looked at Strider. We're leaving, she said, grabbing his arm. Just wondering, he whispered as they walked away. I don't feel like you're really challenged here. 
Now, stopping an interdimensional murderer, that's a case. Arwen stopped. Sorry, detective, said Strider. Just trying to make you feel better. You did get fired, didn't you? Arwen didn't answer him. She turned back to the two officers at the desk. What did you say about that case? She said. What? The kid. He was talking about ghosts? Sure, but he was just a kid, said the officer. But here's the weird thing, said the other one. We went to check out the house and couldn't find anything. Like anything, said the other one. The door was locked, and when we finally got it open, the floor was covered in dust. No one has been inside that house for ages. And the girl? Arwen asked. Still missing, said the officer. Her mom's worried sick, of course, but we don't really have many leads. The house is a dead end. The kid probably spooked and ran off, and then someone grabbed the girl while he was gone. But didn't grab the kid? Like I said, he probably ran off, so he didn't get nabbed. What house is this? Uh, hold on. The officer started rummaging through the papers on his desk. Arwen kept glancing at the door to the chief's office, hoping he wouldn't come out. Here we go, said the officer. That's the address. Like I said, though, it's a dead end. Forensics already took a look and nothing. We're checking out other leads. He watched Arwen as she looked over the paperwork. Thinking about hopping back into things, he said. What? Oh, no, not yet, said Arwen with a smile. Just curious. Thanks. She walked away and Strider followed her towards the elevator. What do you think, she asked, pressing the button. I think your co-workers are idiots, he said. Arwen hit him. Sorry. Former co-workers. She smacked his shoulder again. The elevator doors opened and they got in. No, I mean about the case. What do you know about ghosts? Why should I know anything about ghosts? Because you're an interdimensional traveler who is friends with fairies? How dare you, said Strider. They are not my friends. Arwen gave him a look that said, you know what I mean. I don't know anything about ghosts, he said. A missing girl, though, with no trace. Could it be possible that there's foul play afoot? Oh, most definitely. But is the foul play interdimensional? Oh, most probably, said Strider. Good, said Arwen. We're checking it out. We're what? What about my thing? You mean your computer thing that's searching all of eternity? I think we have the time. But, but you're fired. That doesn't mean I can't still investigate. Come on, it's the right thing to do. Half hour later, they were standing outside the house. What a dump, Strider said. He was right. The dilapidated building was something straight out of a horror movie. Not one of those modern gore-fest films, but an old-fashioned movie where the house was so worn and decrepit you wondered why anyone lived there. Of course, nobody did live here. It was abandoned, as evidenced by the overgrown lawn, the boarded-up windows, and the rusty wrought-iron fence surrounding it. I know this house, Arwen said. Childhood home, Strider said with a smirk. Everyone knows this house if you grew up around here, Arwen said, ignoring his joke. When I was younger, we used to dare each other to get close to it, or spend the night on the porch, stuff like that. Is this what happens when people are stuck in one place all their lives? It was fun, okay? At least for kids. We all pretended it was haunted. There were spooky noises coming from inside. Spooky noises? I mean, it was the wind, said Arwen, but as kids, we all said it was the voices of the people that used to live there. What if we were right? Strider looked at Arwen, then to the house. Well, he said, it's not actually that far-fetched. People don't realize how many rifts there are between worlds. So you think there could be ghosts, Arwen said, or something similar? Probably. Let's check it out, she said. She didn't wait for him to respond. She pushed past the iron gate, which squeaked terribly as she opened it. When she reached the steps that led up to the porch, she tested them with a foot first. 
Watch your step, she said to Strider. These are pretty rotten. She walked up them slowly and started looking around the railing. There are no signs that anyone had been here. Then again, if the girl left anything behind, forensics would have picked it up already. Crunch! Arn whipped her head around and saw Strider halfway up the stairs. His foot had gone through the second step. Gross, he said, pulling his foot out and brushing the dirt and rotten wood off his pant leg. What did I say? said Arwen. I didn't do it on purpose. Just come up here, she said. When he had joined her on the porch, they turned to the door. Ready for a look inside? she asked. You're the one looking, he said. I'm just along for the ride. Arwen rolled her eyes. Just let me know if you sense anything. Sense anything, he said. You're a watcher of the hall, Arwen said. You've got to have some way of detecting interdimensional anomalies. I've got to, have I? What if I don't? You found the one the wisps had made. Right, that. Maybe I just got lucky. If you don't want to tell me, I'll keep an eye out, he said. But I won't make any promises. That's all I can ask, said Arwen. She reached for the door and tried to push it open. It was locked. She looked down at the handle, then back to Strider. What? Yes. I didn't do it. Those officers said they got the door open, she said. How did it get locked again? I bet the ghosts did it, said Strider. Arwen sighed and shook her head. She knelt down in front of the lock and took a bobby pin out of her hair. Detective, said Strider. I never knew. It's not good for my reputation, she said as she fiddled with the lock. But, seeing as I'm fired, there's a satisfying click, and she stood up, pushing the door open. Well done, said Strider. I do it again. Come on. They crept into the house, and Arwen stopped almost immediately. What is it? Strider asked. Look, she said. The ground. He looked down. I don't see anything. Exactly. Just like the officer said, the floor is covered in dust. So? So how is that possible? It was covered in dust when they showed up, but forensics swept this place. Well, not literally, I'm sure. You know what I mean. If they were all over the house, where are their footprints? Maybe they didn't want to disturb the scene, said Strider. I'm very impressed. They would have disturbed this, said Arwen. She put her foot down and lifted it back up. There's a very clear print. The dust had to be at least an inch thick. Let's look around, she said. She walked further into the house. Down the hall on the left was an old, rickety staircase. To her right was a living room with furniture that had been there for God knows how long. She decided on the stairs. Easy, detective, Strider said. Don't worry, I'm not as clumsy as you. I'm not clumsy, he muttered, but followed her up. The stairs and hall at the top were just as dusty. No one had been in that house in what seemed, well, honestly, forever. Arwen wouldn't have questioned it if she was told there had never been an inhabitant. That is, if it weren't for the voices. What did you say? She said. What? said Strider. I didn't say anything. I could have sworn. There, do you hear that? They both stopped. Strider closed his eyes to listen. I don't, he started to say. Shh, said Arwen. Just listen. He did. At first there was nothing, but then... He opened his eyes and looked at Arwen. They were both hearing it. Voices. Muted, as if they were in another room where they were hearing them underwater. They both looked at the room at the end of the hall. Arwen put a finger to her lips, and Strider nodded that he understood. Together, they started to sneak down the hall. Thankfully, the thick layer of dust padded their footsteps, even better than the softest snow. The voices got louder, but only just as they approached the room. It was still impossible to hear what they were saying. It wasn't spooky, per se. 
It was like two people were having a conversation on the other side of a large room. And while the sounds were obviously coming out of their mouths, it was impossible to tell what sounds they were. The room at the end of the hall was behind a closed door. Oren grabbed the knob and turned it slowly. The voices didn't stop, so she kept going. She pushed the door open. Nothing. It was an empty room except for an armchair that, curiously enough, was not covered in dust. In fact, not only was it entirely clean, it was also entirely new. Much more modern than anything Arwen had seen in the living room. Curious, said Strider, looking at the chair. My thoughts exactly, said Arwen. This wasn't making much sense at all. She looked around the room, but then heard something else. Not voices, but the sounds of tires on pavement. She went to the boarded-up window and peeked through the cracks. A squad car had arrived. What is it? asked Strider. She motioned for him to join her at the window. The doors to the squad car opened up. An officer stepped out of one side, and the chief stepped out on the other. He opened the back door, and a man in a suit stepped out. He nodded his thanks to the chief and eyed the house. This is the place? he asked. Sure is, said the chief. But like I told you back at the station, my men have already gone over it. There's nothing here. The girl will hopefully be found, said the man. But I'd like to examine the house myself, if you don't mind. Be my guest, said the chief. I'm not about to get in the way of the feds. Arwen turned to Strider. Feds? she mouthed. He shrugged. The man walked towards the house and was soon out of view. The two hurried back to the hall and peered over the railing down at the front door. Something caught Arwen's eye. Look, she said, pointing at the front hall. What is it? said Strider, after scanning the floor. The dust, she said. It's back. Our footprints are gone. Strider didn't have time to comment, for at that moment, the doorknob jiggled. It's locked, said the man on the other side. Huh, came the chief's voice from further away. Forensics must have locked it when they left. Give me a sec. Arwen looked at Strider. They hadn't locked the door, so how did that happen? There was some fidgeting down below, and then the front door was pushed open. Arwen peered over the railing and saw the Fed walking inside. He was holding a briefcase. Thank you, he said to the chief. That will be all. Uh, sure thing. You let me know if you need anything else. The chief left, and the Fed looked around the entryway. There was a table nearby. He set his briefcase down and opened it. Inside was a wand of sorts. It was about a foot long and looked like a fluorescent tube with a metal handle on one end. A wire sprouted from the tip of the handle and connected to a metal box that the man held in the other hand. He started walking down the hall, waving the wand back and forth, periodically checking the box in his other hand. He turned and went into a room, out of sight. Well, said Arwen, what do you think? She stopped as she turned to Strider. He was gone. Strider? She said in the loudest whisper she dared. Strider! She went back into the room they had just been in. He wasn't there. Did he go back into the hall? She wondered. She was about to leave the room when she noticed something was off. The windows were no longer boarded up. Soft sunlight came through glass that was remarkably clean for how dirty the house had been. Except it wasn't dirty. As Arwen looked at the rest of the room, she realized there was no dust. The curtains on the windows were new, and the peeling wallpaper had been replaced by paint. Then she heard voices. She turned around. It was just like before. They were impossible to make out, strangely muted, but definitely voices. They were coming from outside the room. Arwen stepped slowly into the hall. The dust-covered wood floors she remembered now had an ornate rug on them, and the railing she had just been crouching behind was no longer threatening to fall over. Arwen, 
She spun around at the sound of her name. It was more obvious this time, still muted, but not enough to keep her from hearing it. Someone was definitely saying her name. Arwen. Hello, she said to the air. Is someone there? What's that? This was another voice. Not a muted voice or a ghostly whisper, but a real voice. Somebody else was here. A woman. Who's up there? came the voice again. Arwen almost said it's me, but realized how pointless that was. There was movement downstairs, creaking on the stairwell. Arwen wasn't sure who to expect or how to explain what she was doing in this house, but she never got the chance. Someone was coming up the stairs and Arwen could just see the top of their head, but before they could come fully into view, something changed. The rug gave way to a fully carpeted hall and the wooden railing donned a new coat of paint. The person walking towards Arwen suddenly faded into mist, and she was in a new house. Arwen stared at the place where the person was supposed to be. Cautiously, she stepped forward towards the stairwell. Hello? She said. There was no response. She looked around at the new atmosphere. Why did things keep changing? How did they keep changing? She had to get out of this house. She ran down the stairs and turned the corner. The front door was there, not rickety and wooden, but perfectly painted with a frosted glass window. She ran for it. She stopped dead as she almost ran into the man with the fluorescent wand. She was back in the house she started in. Why, hello, he said with a smile that was far too sinister. What have we here? Before anything more could happen, he was gone. Detective? Arwen spun around and there was Strider. I've been looking all over for you, they said together. I've been looking all over for you, they said together again. Something's not right about this house, said Strider. Yeah, you can say that again, said Arwen. We should go. Way ahead of you, said Strider. He pulled the mirror out of his pocket, but as Arwen started towards him, he started to fade. Strider, she called out. Don't worry, detective, I... But he was cut off once again. Arwen found herself in a new house. Coming for you, someone said. It was barely a whisper. Arwen looked at the spot Strider had just been. Strider, she said, is that you? Planar displacement, said the whisper. Should be easy. Yes, that was definitely Strider. Well, great. No need to worry. If he knew she was still here, he could just pop into the hall and find her and pull her out, right? Arwen was trying to piece everything together. If the house kept changing, she guessed they were jumping between worlds, but how? She would have to ask Strider what he thought. What was keeping him? It shouldn't take that long to jump into the hall and find the world she was in, right? As she was wondering, the house changed again. It was old once more, but not the old house she had been in. This one didn't even have a door, and instead of dust, the floor was littered with dead leaves. That's not what caught her eye, though. It was the girl. She looked at Arwen with wide eyes. She opened her mouth to scream, but no sound came out. Her hair was ratty and her face tear-stained. Finally, after her lip had quivered to the point of falling off, she spoke. You. You're real, aren't you? She said. I am, said Arwen. Not one of the ghosts? Ghosts, said Arwen. No, none at all. I'm a detective. She decided the girl didn't need to know she had just been fired. Detective, have you come to rescue me? Arwen took a step towards her and the girl jumped back. It's okay, said Arwen. Yes, I'm here to help. How long have you been here? The girl shrugged. I don't know, but I can't leave. Every time I try, the house changes and I'm somewhere else. The ghosts won't let me leave. Well, the ghosts won't get you anymore, said Arwen. She held out a hand. I've got a friend with a special machine that will get us out of here. What kind of machine? 
I'll show you when he gets here. It's magic. Made by fairies. The girl cracked a bit of a smile. Fairies? Uh-huh, said Arwen. So what do you say? Want to get out of here? The girl nodded. She took a step forward and reached out to take Arwen's hand. Then there was someone else there. The suggestion of someone, like a moving shadow. The shadow held something in his hand, and the same whispery voice that Arwen had been hearing all this time spoke. Ah, here we are, it said. How many of there are you? The girl turned. She screamed as the shadow loomed over her. There was a bright flash of light that forced Arwen to cover her eyes. The screaming stopped. She blinked away the spots from her vision and was looking at an empty hall. The girl was gone, and so was the shadow. There you are. Arwen didn't even have time to turn around. She felt a hand on her shoulder, and then the house disappeared. She was back in the Hall of Mirrors. Now that was obnoxious, Strider said. Arwen looked at him, and he smirked. Someone had the bright idea to build that house on a rift. It keeps changing planes. Can you believe it? Well, sometimes it doesn't bother to change. It kind of exists on all planes at once. It was hard to find you. We have to go back, Arwen said. To that house, said Strider. Just outside it, said Arwen. I found the girl. Well, where'd she go? Someone took her. We have to go back. Okay, okay, here. Strider handed her the cane. You can drive. If we're looking for the girl, you'll be able to find her better. Arwen stuck the cane into the ground and the orbs froze in front of her. She started scrolling through them, ignoring all the suggestions the hall was throwing at her and trying to focus on the face she had just seen for a moment. Finally, a world was resting in front of her. She reached out for Strider's hand. Let's go. She touched the world and she found herself on the front lawn outside the house. She looked at the front door. They were back in her world, far as she could tell. Do we have to go back in there? Strider said. I don't know, she replied. I was thinking of her. This doesn't make sense. Where is she? The hall can be temperamental at times. We might have to walk. Arwen turned as she heard the thunk of a car door closing. The police cruiser was there and the man in the suit was sitting in the back seat. Wait a second, she muttered. She ran towards the car. Hey! The chief was turned around, talking to the man in the back, but the officer in the driver's seat saw her and nudged him. He turned to look, and his face narrowed into a frown. He got out of the car. What are you doing here, Roberts? That man, she said. Who is he? None of your concern, he said. You no longer work for us. What are you doing here? I need to talk to him, she said. Sir! She walked towards the car. Sir, can you step out of the vehicle? What the hell is going on here? screamed the chief. Arwen looked him dead in the eye. The missing girl, said Arwen. I think I know where she is. If you want to find her, we need to talk to that man. Don't be ridiculous. Do you want to find her or not, she said. Just ask him what he found in there. He's a fed. His jurisdiction... Oh, for crying out loud. She walked towards the car and knocked on the door. Roberts, you can't just... said the chief, but the man in the suit had already gotten out. I'm sorry, special agent, said the chief. This woman... It's perfectly fine, said the man. He was looking at Arwen, studying her. We've met. What were you doing in that house? Looking for a lost girl. And you? asked Arwen. She looked at the briefcase he had left in the car. The same, he said. And did you find her? asked Arwen. Because I did. Then where is she? asked the chief. Ask him, said Arwen, pointing to the fed. What are you talking about? he asked. What is that thing? said Arwen, pointing to his briefcase. What did you do with her? I'm sure I don't know, he started. I saw you take her, said Arwen. I saw your... Shadow, you were in another world. The man's eyes flicked to the chief, then narrowed on Arwen. What do you know of other worlds, he said. Probably more than you, Arwen replied. What's in the case? Sophisticated piece of equipment, actually. 
They all turned to see Strider standing a few feet off, holding the briefcase. Sorry, said Arwen. Too much yelling. I figured this would be easier. That is the property of the United States government, said the man, moving towards Strider. Really, said Strider, because that's not what it says here. Bureau of Paranormal Phenomena. Is that part of the government? The Bureau of what? said the chief. They're ghost hunters, said Strider, looking at the man. He stiffened. Except you don't actually hunt ghosts. Did you know that? He opened the briefcase and pulled out the device. Could someone please tell me what's going on here, bellowed the chief. Strider sighed and looked at Arwen. This is why I thought it was a bad idea to tell people. Nobody really goes for this wacky sci-fi stuff. He looked down at the device in his hands and started fiddling with it. Ah, here we go. A bright flash of light shone out of the tip of the wand, causing everyone to put a hand over their eyes. When they could see again, the little girl was there, standing on the street, confused and terrified. There's your ghost, said Strider to the man in the suit. He was looking at the girl, dumbfounded. You had no idea you were snatching people from other worlds, did you? What do you do with them after you vacuum them up into your little box, mail them back to Washington? We, we keep them locked up, said the man. He was turning pale. Well, that's just brilliant. You can tell your bureau you have Lord knows how many people from other worlds trapped inside a pseudoverse you made in a tin can. We had no idea, the man protested. We thought you were investigating ghosts. Yes, yes, we know. Well, Mr. Murray, here's your toy back. He held out the fluorescent wand and dropped it. It shattered. Oops, he said. Then he turned to the chief. I suggest you take this little girl home immediately. Her mother's probably worried sick. And you, he said, rounding on the man in the suit again, you better set this business right quick or I'll know about it. You have met the wrong man if you want to play with other worlds. And you, he said, turning to Arwen, you're a damn fine detective. You should earn an award or something. Can we go now? Arwen turned to the chief, who was bewildered beyond words, and then to the man in the suit, who looked like he was either about to cry, throw up, or both. Then she turned to the girl. We have to make a stop first, she said. What do you mean? asked Strider. Arwen looked at him and smiled. Strider didn't like the idea of taking the girl into the hall, but Arwen didn't give him much choice. She had promised the girl a ride in the magic machine made by fairies, after all. After that, it was back to Arwen's house to pack, and finally back into the hall. Strider's search engine still hadn't yielded many results. So that was a mess, said Arwen when they had finally returned. You get used to it, said Strider. People have to find out about the multiverse one way or another. Maybe people will believe that little girl, maybe they won't. The Bureau of Paranormal Phenomena is going to have a field day, though. Do you think they'll be able to get all their ghosts back home? Arwen asked. Well, they know that there are other worlds, and now they have a house that lives on a rift. That's more than enough for a clever man to make his own portal, assuming they don't have one already. Don't you think we'd know about it if they did? Right, because you know all of the government's secrets. Fair point. So that's it? That's it, said Strider. That little girl is home safe and sound, and that's all that matters. When Arwen didn't respond, he looked at her. She was smiling. What? Oh, nothing, said Arwen. It's just that this wasn't a world-ending catastrophe. You're getting better at this, is all. Better at what? Better at being the hero. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this week's adventure. Stay tuned for a sneak peek at next week's episode. Hall of Mirrors is written and produced by Sam Schultz, with the main theme composed and performed by him as well. 
Each week brings you a new episode of Arwen and Strider as they journey through the multiverse, protecting it from various threats from within and beyond. Episodes air every Friday at 1 p.m. on anchor.fm slash hallofmirrors, and we can also be found on any podcasting service such as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. For text versions of each episode, check out my Tumblr blog, and please like and follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Links to everything can be found in the podcast description. If you're a fan of the show, please share it with your friends, and thank you again. We'll see you next week. Next time on Hall of Mirrors, journey from the center of the earth. Strider and Arwen get a lead on his killer, but when they go to the world, it's not exactly what they expect. Even so, there's a chance that they might find some answers to help them stop this mysterious enemy.